been a little while but we're back with another episode of can you dig it podcast by super community uh you can find my work there as i write here literally every single day except mondays which is my one day off uh and i'm going as always or i shouldn't say as always uh because we've all really done the show a few times before uh they they broke us apart but i'm so happy to be back with you uh jake root how are you doing today yeah, like I, I said beforehand, uh, we did this show like twice, and then it was like, all right, go do shows with everyone else. And so, yeah, I don't know if we can say as always yet. It was a nice I, I think I've done though. as many shows with Harrison as I've done with you. <laughs> It's been a it's been a nice experience. It's kind of like uh, I mean I've never been in an open relationship, but I imagine that's what it's like. It's like you know seek around, see if you find the one, and uh, I think after searching. I can safely say that that you're the one for me, so I'm glad we're back. Uh, we both and, I did a podcast with Anthony and then came scurrying <laughs> back to. One yeah, that was our that was our blind date, and it didn't go well. Um, <laughs> God bless Anthony. Um, we have no shortage shortage of things to talk about, um, but one of them won't be Kawhi Leonard because God knows when he's going to make his decision. Um, I hope it's not tomorrow. Part of well, actually, I should rephrase. Part of me hope it's not tomorrow because I'm going to be knee-deep in barbecue tomorrow mm-hmm. without a care in the world. Um, but if you wanted to announce at like 7 a.m. tomorrow, uh, I'd be super down so m- the rest of my day isn't like completely affected. Oh, I'd be a hun- that'd be awesome. Start <laughs> off the day with we get Kawhi Leonard and then you it's like an open invitation fourth of july to drink so just get drunk <laughs> the rest of the day and celebrate yeah i mean i have flashbacks to when they traded for steve nash on the fourth of july and it was like oh god this is amazing and then i mean obviously that turned out great nothing bad happened <laughs> and uh but it's Last year, nobody really waited until the 4th of July to sign, because that was kind of like a really messed up tradition for, for a few years. I don't think anybody did last year. Uh, I know Gordon Hayward did. I don't think – I think by last year, everybody had kind of made up their mind. It was pretty – I feel like – unless I'm forgetting, I feel like it was pretty quick last year. But Because yeah. LeBron signed like on the 1st, I think, or the 2nd. Yeah. That, and then it was just release. like everybody's – Signing after that. Yeah. Because uh, Paul George was even, like, well before. Free like, the night started. up. Right. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, free agency is going on, for those that don't know. And the Lakers have made a grand total of two signings. Um, and it, if I would have told a casual fan to guess who the Lakers signed, <laughs> um, I would put my money that they wouldn't have guessed Troy Daniels and Jared Dudley, but. I mean, I don't hate the signings. Like, no, nothing the Lakers have done this offseason has infuriated me to as much as it did last season after they signed LeBron James. I've tweeted this a couple times. Yeah, it's just two signings. But the way the front office is operating this year versus last year and the one notable omission from this <laughs> year's front office 
is raising a lot of questions <laughs> about how much power he had right. and how bad he was at his job because even the players were linked to was like, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. That's who we want. It was like yeah. Seth Curry and Patrick Beverly and I think there was one other one, but it was like shooters and they've said that they wanted shooting and it's like, this all makes sense. This is good. The two guys they've got are shooters. Like, this all makes sense. So I withhold judgment until we're done with free agency. But I have a lot of I might have a lot of questions for Magic Johnson once we're done with <laughs> I the the rest of free agency, I mean, free agency for the Lakers really doesn't start until Kawhi makes his decision, which is fine. Uh it's just that free agency has started for literally every other team, which leaves the Lakers with the bottom of the barrel free agents and if the Lakers don't get a commitment from Kawhi Leonard. Um, I, they're going to be in as much trouble as you can be for a, to- a team that has LeBron James and Anthony Davis, which, again, the floor there is very high. Uh, but I think when you look at the ceiling, it all depends on the supporting cast they have, as we learned with LeBron James last year. Uh, and, you know, for a team that only has, I think, six players on the on the roster now, um you know, finding nine got nine guys at you know mostly different positions at this point of free agency is going to be really hard for them. So, a couple things. One, one I tweeted. Uh, regardless of how the rest of this offseason plays out, I don't think you. I mean, it's not even think you can't call it a failure right. because we have Anthony Davis and. I, I know if we miss on Kawhi, that's going to be like, oh, look, the Lakers failed or the Lakers fell in their face. We have, like, arguably the best duo, maybe Steph and – I mean, it's like a top five duo ever. Absolutely. Um, so there's no failure there. The second thing, Kawhi kind of saved us from ourselves probably because as mm, – I mean, as bad as the roster will be if Kawhi says no, and maybe even if Kawhi says yes, we aren't going to have or shouldn't have any bad contracts um, unless they do something bonkers with, like, I don't even know, Vince Carter or something. Um, Because that's the type of players we're talking about, and those guys are, like, vet minimum deals. Right. So it reminded me in ways of, like, some of the – teams that came out best in the summer of 2016 when everybody's throwing out contracts left and right to Mozgov and Ding and Evan Turner and guys like that were the teams that just kind of sat back and waited. Right. Um, I think, I mean, I'm not even sure that there's $32 million in contracts to give out the rest of this summer. Like, yeah. maybe Danny Green's going to have a pretty hefty offer, but or hefty contract, but after that, like you're, I don't even know that you'll go over ten million dollars for anybody, uh, at least annually. Right. I'd I'd say Marcus Morris is probably gonna not, gonna get an offer a, a little over ten million. He was really good last season. Uh, but I I mostly agree. When you look at the contracts around that that have been given around the league, um, within the first few, ten million dollars next season. Taj Gibson, $9 million. Uh, Wayne Ellington, $7 million. I mean, and, and, and in case you were wondering, yes, these are all contracts given out by the Knicks after <laughs> they missed out on Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and 
didn't even take a meeting with Kawhi Leonard uh, because of, I guess, scheduling issues that came out today. My God, if you're if you're a Knicks fan, first of all, welcome to this podcast. Um, we are like I happily offer you refuge. Uh, <laughs> we're not we're not always perfect, but by God, we're not the Knicks uh, or the Suns for that matter, who made probably the worst trade anybody will make this offseason. I had to look at that trade like three times to make sure I was like, wait, Phoenix is sending them draft picks? Like, wait, what is happening? Right. They must be really, really, really high on Javon Carter. Uh, I guess. I mean, I, I guess the argument is that they can sign Rubio and keep Ubre now. But, I mean, I like Ubre. I don't, I don't like, like Ubre that much. that much. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where everybody's at with that with that move. I don't even like Rubio that much. I I think his I fit next to Booker is definitely questionable. Uh, but they didn't want to sign D'Angelo Russell because he would have been a bad influence on Devin Booker. What the hell is that? Oh my! Um, <laughs> shout out to the Suns. I glad I'm glad I don't willingly root for you, but also um, my condolences to my boss at SB Nation, Seth Pollock. Who's a very nice man and does not deserve this. Um, so yeah, the so in in, in to, to to sum it up, yes, it's good that the Lakers didn't offer some of the contracts that have been handed out. But regardless of whether or not they they get Kawhi, they're going to be in a sticky situation. And I think at this point, um, I, I'm sure the Lakers have a backup plan. But as as Lakers fans, you have to start thinking of backup plans and best case scenarios. And Jacob, if the Lakers miss out on Kawhi Leonard, what is that plan B best case scenario? Well, I mean, this is might be wishful thinking, and this is kind of what I've thought about mainly today. When I, as I was slowly realizing, Kawhi is not signing today either. Mm-hmm. I think the reason Danny Green is waiting. A lot of people just assume he's going back to Toronto if Kawhi does. I'm not so certain. My thought process is that the Lakers have made Danny Green a very large offer, similar to what like a a Rudy Gay or something got, mm-hmm. and they said if Kawhi doesn't come, we'll give you this offer. While Dallas has given an offer that isn't that high, and that's why he's waiting. I, that's what my hope is, because if Kawhi doesn't come and we don't get Danny Green, that wing market is going to be barren. I think the other thing that it's, it's something a lot of fans have talked about, I'm sure the Lakers will kick the tires on it, is Goran Dragic, um, who Miami tried to trade him, basically, and burned that bridge, and he wants out now. Um, he's an expiring contract. He's only $19 million, so you could absorb that, still have about $12, $13 million to uh, work with for the rest of the, the off season. So outside of that, uh, I get – I mean, I really like Tyus Jones, so maybe you – he's a restricted free agent. Maybe you throw him a big offer sheet, hope that uh, Minnesota doesn't match. But outside of that, you're looking at like vet minimum type of guys, and I don't know. It gets it gets ugly really fast if Kawhi doesn't stay, and you lose Danny Green. I think. Yeah, and I, that the the Goran Dragic 
scenario is probably my favorite outcome of the off season. Um, mostly because I think if the Lakers don't land anyone, like even if it's not a star player, like if they don't get a Danny Green or a Marcus Morris or anybody that's worth signing to that long-term contract, um, they'll likely roll most of that cap space over to next season, which is, I know something the Lakers fans have dreaded like every season that they've handed out one-year deals to get to the position they are now, but it's better than offering, you know, Justin holiday, a long-term contract or, um, you know, some, some of the other lesser guys on the market. So, you know, having Goran Dragic's um, $19 million contract would be great. And then, as you mentioned, you have that extra $12 million that you can throw at somebody like Marcus Morris. Um, and that's it. That's what the list stands for me. <laughs> um, when you said and, I'm like, oh, you found someone else I didn't? Did you, <laughs> I overlooked someone? But, but, I mean, you look at Marcus Morris um, and then maybe get, I mean, hope Contavious Caldwell Pope comes back for the room exception. Um, I, it would be great if you get him for the veterans minimum. I just don't know if, if he'll take that. Um, so it, it, it's going to be rough. I think one thing that we need to get out of the way, like super fast though, um, is regardless of if he starts, um, or comes off the bench, I think it's a foregone conclusion that Rajon Rondo will be wearing a purple and gold uniform next season. Uh, I mean, again, it might be wishful thinking. I don't know foregone conclusion. I think if I, I, maybe if uh, Kawhi comes, yeah. I don't know. It, it was such a weird fit. I think he took. <laughs> I think he took a little bit of a bad rap because I think up until like Christmas Day, and in particular that Christmas game, he was incredible. But yeah. up until then, he was fine. It was just when he came back, he was atrocious. And also Luke, for some reason, didn't realize it or I don't I don't know what happened at the end of the year because he was playing a lot of minutes he shouldn't have. And he became the lightning rod for a lot of the frustrations of the team underachieving late in the year. I think that's fair. Yeah. And, um, but, yeah, I mean, early in the year, he was fine. It, I mean, the Lakers also had really crappy spacing last year. And, I mean, he was, like, the best three-point shooter. I mean, if you want to look at positives, like, he did shoot, I think it was a career high um, from the three-point line last year. Like, it was weird. We all kept assuming it was going to come down, and then, like, it didn't. Like, I still never really trusted him when he was open, and, like, all the misses stick out more than the makes. But, I mean, he was all right as a three-point shooter last year. So, I don't know. He has a really good rapport with um, Anthony Davis. He has – LeBron really likes him. Like, I would imagine it's more likely than not he'll be on the team next year. I I agree. And I I think um, another person I think he gets along with that the Lakers will probably take a long look at given the lack of uh, centers on the market is DeMarcus Cousins. Um, And I I don't know how I feel about that. I think the one thing that makes DeMarcus Cousins appealing to me uh, is one, he he gets after it on the boards. Uh, Lakers need somebody that can gobble up boards, even though they have Anthony Davis. Um, And two, if you sign him to that traditional center position, um, I mean, realistically, he's only going to play like 
19, 20 minutes a game. Um, I mean, I, I shouldn't say realistically. Ideally, he'll only play 19, 20 minutes a game with Kuzma coming off the bench and AD getting a, the bulk of his minutes at, at that center position. So uh, I wouldn't mind him. I'd prefer JaVale. Um, so I thought he was really good for most of the season. Uh, but beyond those two guys, again, you, the options are, are getting really thin. I was hoping for maybe a, a Robin Lopez, but, I mean, he's in Milwaukee with his twin brother now, which is super dope. Mm-hmm. Um, Ivica Zubac is restricted, uh, <laughs> which breaks my heart. Right. Yeah. Just burned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think it it's going to be just as easy, in my opinion, to build a roster around Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James as it's going to be without them. Because as we said, the only guy that's really going to be a difference maker for them is Danny Green and, and Marcus Morris. Beyond those guys, you're looking at the same, you know, same market, uh, going with the assumption that if the Clippers miss out on Kawhi as well, they're going to re- resign Jamichael Green, who's another guy I really like on the market. So, um, yeah, it's been tough. It's been it's been really really hard watching all of these guys, uh, you know, just get picked up by teams while the Lakers have been, you know, sitting on their hands, really just waiting to see what Kawhi's going to do. I've kind of. I mean, this might be a state of where the free agency has been. I've talked myself into Boogie a little bit more than I had at the beginning of free agency for kind of with a couple of assumptions. One, I was worried the Lakers would throw like a big one-year deal at him. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're not going to have to at this point. I mean, all reports are there's just no market for him, which seems a bit harsh. Um. He was coming off a really hard injury to come back from and then immediately suffered an injury kind of as he was probably getting into shape. Um, He, I think there was a couple points that Pete made on Locked on Lakers as well. He's not in in a locker room with LeBron and AD and potentially Kawhi. He's not going to, like, take over the locker room. There's not going to be any issues like that. I don't think there'll be any kind of the off-court issues that people worried about. I mean, we didn't hear anything in uh, Golden State about him being any kind of issue, basically. Um, And then, I mean, the free agent market for big men is awful. Right. Um, The... The names I have written down, go, they they go down real quick. I wrote down Boogie. We talked about JaVale. Zubats is, like I said, that bridge is burned. Powell is way past his prime. But that being said, I would not I would mind at all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, after that, I mean, Joe Kim Noah, maybe. He was decent on a really bad Memphis team. Yeah. And after that, I don't think there's anybody. It gets really ugly really quick. Like, I don't even know who you look at. Greg Monroe, who's been on like 400 teams after. Yeah, I think like you. Be, if if that doesn't work, then you go up to Anthony Davis and just show him like the available names. And it's like, <laughs> bud, you're playing center this year. Like, there's nothing like. There's nothing we can do, and you just play. 
a lot of small ball, a lot of Anthony Davis at center, and tell him, like, hey, next year when we have the full mid-level, we'll go get someone um, on the Martlet and Aaron Baines or someone like that next year. But right now you're just kind of stuck here and you're going to play center this year because if you do that, then you could – there's a little bit better market for some power forwards. Uh, again, not great, but it's a lot better than what um, was available for the centers. Like maybe a Kenneth Fareed. I really like him. Um, Jermichael Green probably. Um, the not mellow. <laughs> um, <laughs> not mellow. Yeah. Not mellow is one of my favorite available players. Um, uh, and Rondé Hollis Jefferson's the other one who, not a great offensive fit, but he's kind of a quirky player. Um, maybe Jabari Parker. Like, right. That's that. I mean, that shows you how bad the free agency market is at this point. I think that's the market I'm most interested to see the Lakers explore. Um, I know on a on a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you want to get as many guys that have been there before as you can. Uh, but there are a few guys in the market like uh, Ronda Hollis Jefferson and Stanley Johnson, uh, guys that basically get a second chance on other teams. Although Stanley Johnson was traded to the Pelicans midway through the season and didn't look that great. Um, but, you know, some of these guys just really need a change of scenery. And um, I think most of all, a role, um, I think on a team with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, Stanley Johnson isn't going to be jacking up a whole bunch of shots and expected to be a three and D guy. He's just going to be an energy guy uh, expected to play defense. And the same can be said about Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Um, You know, if there were better guys on the market, like Jeff green, I really wanted in the Lakers uniform, uh, which sounds weird to say in 2019, but um, anybody that's watched him over the last two years, uh, it seems you know, similar to the situation Stanley Johnson and Ronnie Hollis Jefferson are going to be in um, is getting over that draft type and saying, like, this is what I am. This is how I'm going to help teams win. Uh, and I think Jeff Green, to his credit, has done a really good job of doing that. Uh, he's been picked up by Utah, if I'm not mistaken, who have had mm-hmm. a tremendous offseason uh, along with Indiana. Utah's. Um, I think probably a top three team in the Western conference next season. Don't let our friends at uh, Salt Lake city dunk hear that, but it is, uh, I think they're probably the favorites. I would go even further than that, but they're going to see how quietly I'm saying that (laughs) they're very good. Um, I I will say just kind of on that point, I would do this regardless if we get Kawhi or not, I would much rather take swings at guys like Stanley Johnson and Rondé Hollis Jefferson, younger guys, who there's still something there that you could potentially work with versus, I mean, all sentimental reasons aside, versus signing like Powell or Michael Beasley or Joe Kim Noah, those guys. Like, take somebody who is younger, um, who, like you said, I mean, you put it well, that maybe something clicks finally and they're able to, to kind of realize some of that potential. I'm looking at stanley johnson's synergy profile he was a bizarre player because he is an 18th percentile offensive player and an 89th percentile defensive player yeah um which yeah it fits the profile that was in his time in uh detroit but yeah i mean 
Ronnie Hollis Jefferson's going to be the same. I don't know that you can probably bring both of them in because you couldn't play both of them together. But I would rather it's those types of guys. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I would probably rather bring back Jonathan Williams than I would some of these other forward options. Um, well, the good thing about Jonathan Williams uh, that I didn't know until it was reported the other day is that if Jonathan Williams picks up his qualifying offer, uh, he's 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 not he doesn't be he doesn't take up a roster spot. His qualifying offer is for another year under a two two way contract. So he's not taking up a roster spot, which would be incredible f- for the Lakers. There's a few guys that have caught my attention during summer league. Uh, Zach Norvell Jr. being one, but he's already on a two way contract. I think he's going to, I mean, I, I haven't watched a ton of summer league. I've only really kind of watched some highlights here and there, but everything I've read and heard, I, he very well might be more than a two way guy by the end of the year. Absolutely. And uh, I think the same can probably said about Jordan Howard, um, who uh, not to get too off track, but my God, Joe young has been so terrible in summer league. And it's no wonder he's not in the NBA. Cause man, he, for for somebody as old as he is, and I I think he might be 27 already. I remember when he got drafted. Um, mm-hmm. I was actually pretty high on him. Um, but man, yeah. So Jordan Howard started in his place today and and looked real good. Uh, I hope he ends up in South Bay because that that would be a fun team next year. But um, again, not to not to get too far off track. Jonathan Williams, in any capacity, would be very good for the Lakers. Um, and but. Uh, the one thing I think a lot of people are glossing over uh, and what worries me a little bit is that going into the offseason, the priority for the Lakers uh, was going to be finding shooting wherever they could find it. And in their defense, the first two signings they made in free agency have been shooters. Um, Jared Dudley, not to the same extent as Troy Daniels, is a, is a stretch four, and that's probably all he's going to be for the Lakers next season. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw him <laughs> attack closeouts and look like uh, Blake Griffin against the Lakers last season, but I, I don't expect nights like that from him, uh, you know, every game. So uh, when you look at the the available free agents, Kawhi, uh, in a Kawhi scenario or not a Kawhi scenario, um, the amount of shooters is very concerning. Yeah, that's been the one thing. There's been a couple guys that there's only been a couple guys that have went off the the market that I went, oh, you know, I really would have liked to have had him. Mm-hmm. And they've all been shooters. Like I really wanted Seth Curry. Um, I really wanted to bring back Reggie Bullet, but not for anywhere near the price that New <laughs> right. York gave him. Um, guys like that, who, yeah, shooting was their their main thing. We we kind of talked about it beforehand um the market for wings is going to be very very rough uh, regardless of whether we uh land Kawhi or not um because there is not just not good players let alone really not good shooters i mean i vince carter i think would be fun i don't really know how much he could contribute to be honest i mean he was decent in atlanta but he's only getting older um so i don't really know 
how much you can consistently kind of expect him to to play. Um, Justin Holiday was another one I wrote down, um, but he's another one of those like young players that you kind of want to take a chance on and hope it works out. Um, he was a 52nd percentile spot up shooter last year, um, so it's not even really that he was that great of a shooter. Um, he was all right, but I mean, the types of names we're seeing throughout this right. give you an idea of how weak this market's going to be. Like, I, we we've kind of been using Hoops Hype as a uh, database for the free agents that are left, and they have Corey Brewer as the ninth best soft, small oh, forward. No. So that's and that's it might be higher than that because some of these guys have come off the board. Yeah, he'd be seventh. Um, so you're realizing that should give Lakers fans a first-hand idea of how bad this market is. KCP is the second-best shooting guard left, and Lance is fourth. Um, so, I mean, these are subjective rankings. I would probably put Amon Shumpert over those guys, or at least Lance. I think Amon Shumpert would be a, a really good option to have because he's one of the few guys that is a 3-and-D player. Um if Nick Stauskas is going to shoot like he did against the Lakers the first game of the year, like, sure, sign him up. Um, I can't believe we're this far into the podcast, and I'm just now mentioning Jody Meeks. <laughs> but Jody Meeks needs to come back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're going to be digging. I kind of made mention of it. I don't – they might try to look at some guys overseas. But, like, I tweeted that, and then I started looking at guys who might be available, and there's not really anyone – Overseas, that's like every Lakers fans have loved Tark Black, but um, I think he just signed like an extension. Yeah, the two-year extension with his team. Yeah, so I don't think that that's feasible. Um, I was trying to think. There were a couple names. Derek Williams we saw was not that great. Uh, Shane Larkin as a guard, again, not that great. Uh, the other name that we haven't really mentioned for speaking of guards, I would throw, I mean, definitely the room exception, whether we sign Kawhi or not, at Quinn Cook. Um, he is the inverse of, like, Stanley Johnson. He's a really, really good offensive player, a really good shooter, and just a terrible defensive player. Yeah. Uh, Quinn Cook was the 97th percentile in spot-ups last year. He... He impressed the, me so much in the postseason. Especially in the playoffs, yeah. yeah. And But he's a 25th percentile defender. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's just what you're going to have to live with. I mean, having having said all of this and how bad the market's going to be and all this stuff, like, it's worth it because it's Kawhi. Because, like, yeah. if you get Kawhi, you're the title favorites at for multiple years running. And the, like... Like I've made kind of a big deal about about them waiting. I haven't been the biggest fan of it, but I understand the risk. Um, and the more I think about it, I think the, a realistic team you're looking at if the Lakers strike out on Kawhi is Rajon Rondo, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins with Kyle Kuzma, Alex Caruso, and a few other guys coming off mm-hmm. the bench. Um no, which isn't a bad team. Like, that's a. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't 
say it's the top three team in the Western Conference. Uh, but, I mean, they're definitely going to make the playoffs with ease, I, I think. Um, and I think the one thing that the Lakers fans should, you know, keep an eye out for as the offseason goes on is the buyout market. Uh, guys that have partially guaranteed contracts or just are going to ask for a buyout. Um, I know one guy Lakers fans have been keeping their eye on is Andre Iguodala. Um, and today, Tim McMahone reported the Grizzlies aren't going to pursue a, a, a buyout with, with Andre Iguodala. And Jacob, I know you had your reservations about diving headfirst into that report. Yeah, I mean, to me, it came across as a leverage play. Like, they're not going to come out right away this early in free agency and be like, all right, we're going to cut him. <laughs> um, if you could somehow get an asset for a guy that you plan on cutting anyway, like, why wouldn't you at least try? Um, so I don't imagine he'll be there. Like, they already have um, a fairly full roster as is, but they're also a team that's young and going to be tanking. Um I mean, they already have Avery Bradley, Solomon Hill, Kyle Anderson, C.J. Miles, Jay Crowder, Josh Jackson. These are all wing guys. Like, um, Grayson Allen's there. Dylan Brooks is there. Like, Iguodala, Crowder, maybe even C.J. Miles. Some of those guys are going to be bought out. Yeah. Um, they Just from a sheer roster perspective. Like, they can't have as many guys as they have on the roster by opening night. And honestly, any three of those guys, I don't – CJ Miles would probably be the least likely. But Crowder I could very easily see being bought out. Um, and the other problem with Iguodala, I mean, that contract's enormous, $17.1 million. It's going to be really hard to trade that contract, especially this late in free agency. Nobody's really going to be able to absorb the contract. I think – the Clippers theoretically would be able to in Dallas, and I think that's it. And neither of those guys are going to. Um, so you're going to have to match contracts. There was the report that Houston wanted to trade for him, uh, but the only way the only way they could do that is trading one of um, Eric Gordon or Clint Capella. And I would rather have both those guys than Andre Iguodala. Um, I know they kind of burn bridges with Capella. Maybe they work out some type of three-team trade where Capella goes to a different team and Iggy comes in. I still think that team's worse. Um, but, yeah, I, it's going to be really hard to trade uh, Iguodala's contract. I would not get too down on the, in the dumps yet because if he was coming to the Lakers, it was going to be on a minimum deal anyway. Um so there, there's no reason to be upset if they cut him later in the in the summer. But I would be very, very surprised if he was on Memphis's roster opening night, or really, I mean, at this point, I think I'd be surprised if he was on anybody but the Lakers. Yeah, and I I think the the bulk of the the guys the Lakers are going to get, or at least the contributors, are probably going to come out uh, via buyout or um, as I said previously just partially guaranteed contracts avery bradley's a guy uh, i'd keep my eye on mostly because i i think he just recently pushed back his guarantee date to i believe july 8th, he pushed it back i can't right. remember when. 
Um, I think it might have been July 8th. Uh, yeah, to July 8th. So um, I don't know what his partial guarantee is. I know he's due $12.6 million next season, which the Lakers aren't going to pay that. They're not going to trade for him. I don't um, think anybody would pay that. Right. So th- to get him, if, if he's going to get a buyout from the Grizzlies, who, as we've mentioned, aren't going to be very good next season, uh, if he can get out of there, uh, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of him uh, with the Clippers. I thought he was pretty horrid. Um, but he had a, a better season once he got to Memphis. Um, and uh, considering the amount or the, the other guys that are on the market, I wouldn't mind Bradley at all. He's a little undersized for a two and doesn't have the playmaking chops to play the one. Um, but to round out your guard rotation, I think he'd be a fine pickup. Uh, and I, the Lakers have an inside edge on him because Rapalinka used to represent him. Um, Kyle Korver is another guy the Lakers. I know Lakers fans have been keeping tabs on. Uh, I don't know how big of a role he'd play. I, I mean, he's a fantastic yeah. three-point shooter, but he's also very, very old. Yeah, he's he was. That's what I I didn't I don't want to be like a Debbie Downer on Twitter, so I haven't really said it much. He's kind of washed. Like, yeah. He he's still really really elite at shooting, and he probably always will be. Um, but he didn't play nearly as much last year. Um. He was a 91st percentile spot-up shooter. He was only 37th percentile off screens, um, 80th percentile off handoffs. He could still give you, like, he'd be one of those guys, um, be like your 14th, 13th, 14th, 15th man, where one night if things aren't working, you throw out Kyle Korver and he knocks down a couple threes. Because he's always... If there's, I mean, no matter how old he is, he's always going to go out there and try, basically. He, kind of like when Mike Miller, out of nowhere, hit like six threes <laughs> in a finals game. Like, yeah. It would be that type of scenario, only <laughs> on a random Tuesday night in February. Um, where, But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be against having him. Um, he certainly would be probably a better shooter than anyone we had last year. Um, but... I would pump the brakes a little bit on how much he could actually contribute. If he's playing big minutes, it's probably not a great situation. <laughs> um, he was a 53rd percentile uh, defensive player. You never know. Maybe I mean, him and LeBron were like absolutely incredible together. Right. Dynamite. Um, so maybe that kind of revitalizes him a little bit. But uh, I would kind of pump the brakes a bit on how much he would actually play. And kind of speaking of those Cavs teams, J.R. Smith's probably the other guy that um, is worth keeping an eye on. Yeah, he, I he, I fully expect J.R. to be on the team by the time the season starts. Yeah, he didn't, He which is going to be weird because he didn't play at all last year. Well, he did play, but virtually didn't play at all. Took a mm-hmm. year off. Um, he It'll be interesting what kind of shape he's in. I mean, he's still a shooter, um, same as Corver. That's never going to go away. He wasn't quite as good in 2017-18. Um, he was only a 54th percentile spot-up shooter. Um, but, I mean, he was still, he's incredible. 
On catch on guarded catch and shoots, he was seventy first percentile. <laughs> on unguarded catch and shoots, he was twenty ninth percentile. Oh my god. Yep, that's uh that sounds like J.R. Smith to me. <laughs> that's peak JR. So uh he's a, he's the other name I would expect to be on the Lakers because he also pushed his guaranteed date way back. Um his Avery Bradley's guaranteed for two million, so I would be Somebody is probably going to trade for that to get mm-hmm. under the cap, and because that's a ten million dollar difference, that's a huge difference. Right. Uh, that's going to be a very, very valuable um, contract. J.R. Smith, I think, is a similar. Let me pull this up. I think it's a similar discrepancy. Um. Yeah, he's his his is bigger. Yeah, he's making like fifteen point six million, which I don't know if this this says three point eight million. I think okay. they upped it. To yeah. when he pushed his guarantee back, he got like 500 grand. Mm. Um, but still, it's a 11 million dollar difference. Again, I would very much expect his contract to be traded for. Um, but yeah, I I fully anticipate J.R. Smith to be on the Lakers next year. I but kind of circling back to where we started, that I would keep an eye on Memphis, whoever they buy out. Um, because they have to. Somebody's going to have to be off that roster. I would snatch up whoever that is um, What of any of those veterans. Jay Crowder is, and we didn't talk a lot about him. His one year in Cleveland with LeBron wasn't great, but... And he hated it, like, publicly, right? Yeah. I mean, I think everybody in that locker room hated it. <laughs> um, but he's still a really good 3 and D guy. Um, he was decent last year. And he would certainly be the best wing the Lakers could reasonably get. He was a 71st percentile spot-up shooter. Um, so, yeah, he. whoever Memphis cuts, the Lakers should be first in line to uh, sign them. Um, one other name I had pulled up, which this is circling way back to Dragic in a trade, um, another name you m- might keep an eye on, and it might be worth taking a stab at, is Jeff Teague. Mm. Um, yeah. Because Minnesota wants to get off money. This is just pure speculation in regards to trading for him. But Memphis wants, or uh, Minnesota wants to get off money. Tyus Jones is really good. If I were them, I would match any offer. Um, made to him so maybe you hit them up and say hey if you're going to match any Tyus Jones offer what do you say we take Teague off the books for you Yeah, because he's also an expiring 19 million you'd still have about 13 million to work with Um, so yeah that just might be another name that they explore and it would open up I mean the, the Timberwolves also traded for Shabazz Napier who, if he's bought out, that's another name to, to that the Lakers could go after. But absolutely, yeah. Uh, Minnesota might be another place to look because I would take just about any point guard on their roster as well. Yeah, and I that actually that's I think that's a, a great point. Um, I hadn't even thought of Jeff T as a candidate, and uh, I could totally see Minnesota doing that because, um, yeah, I I really like Tyus Jones. Um, he'd be tight, but he would not. Um, I mean, unless unless the Timberwolves are dumb, I don't see why they wouldn't match any offer for him at this stage. 
my favorite thing, like when I was looking up some stuff on Tyus Jones, 538 has their Carmelo projections where right. they take a basically they take a whole bunch of advanced data of how the players performed in previous years and try to project um, how they'll perform going forward. Um, <laughs> with Tyus Jones, advanced stats absolutely love him because they say over the next uh, four years, his market value will be mm, 80, about $95 million. <laughs> um, That's a, I mean, a little, little much, but right. um, yeah, his, his five-year market value would be $128 million. That's like almost a max contract. It might be a max contract. I don't know. Um, yeah, he's good. And yeah, well, he's really good. And we better hope uh, the Carmelo projections are, are fairly accurate because, I mean, according to those same projections, Taylor Horton Tucker was a top 10 player in the draft. Um, so, I mean, we'll see what happens. Speaking of Carmelo, before we oh, head oh, out, oh, oh. I'd like to ask you, Jacob Rude, given the amount of options that are that are on the market, um is Carmelo Anthony an option the Lakers should seriously consider? No. I <laughs> tend to agree. I uh, I was kind of talking myself into it, and then I saw that uh, the pictures of him on the boat, and he looks like somebody that ha- has not played NBA basketball in a season. No, because he basically had uh, If it's a matter of should they look at him, yeah, I mean – Absolutely not, and I don't, nobody's going to debate that. Will they look at him as a little more worrisome? I would say, I mean, they had a chance all la- the end of last year to sign him, and they didn't. Um, and they have a chance now, because, I mean, yeah, is he's he going to sign for more? The, right. Yeah, the veteran minimum. I would, <laughs> I would hope, which a lot of this podcast has been me wishful thinking, <laughs> I would hope... If Magic wouldn't even sign him, the front office, which appears to be running more, maybe not smoothly, but more efficiently, more smarter, I would hope that they don't even consider Carmelo Anthony. Because um, he, the idea of Carmelo Anthony, <laughs> Carmelo's Carmelo projection is negative two point nine million dollars over the right. next five years. Yeah, he's uh-huh. um, he's he's, aw- he's gonna be awful. Yeah, even as like I think the the idea of Carmelo Anthony is so much better than what he mm-hmm. is because if you can convince him to just stand in the corner and shoot the lights out, you know, basically be what Kyle Korver is right now. And I think he's a valuable player. Um, I don't know if you play him more than 10 minutes a game, but I think he's still a, a, a pretty decent player. Uh, but that's just not what he wants to be. Um, and similar to, and this is kind of like a really meta reference in 2019, but similar to Jim Fredette, um <laughs> and the way he's played with the Warriors in Summer League. I mean, he's not with them anymore. Um, he left today, caught that report earlier. Uh, he, I, I watched him against the Lakers and I'm just like, man, how, how many years in China is it going to take to get through your thick skull that you're not going to be a star in the NBA? Like 
it, it it's mind numbing that, that that somebody lacks that much self awareness to say like, well, now that I get my shot in Summerlee, I'm gonna show. Um, and, and for that reason, he's going to be playing overseas again. And if Carmelo Anthony, you know, travels down that same path, he could be playing overseas next season or in the big three next next season. He'll be in the big three before he goes overseas. I think. Yeah, I mean, of all the points you made, if Melo played like he did with Team USA, which is kind of what everybody's idealized version of him has been in the past, like two or three years. Yeah. Um, He'd be super awesome. Like I remember the game in against Nigeria. It would have been 2012, maybe 2016. Uh, whenever the the Olympics was, where he scored like 40 points in like 12 minutes or something, because he just kept shooting threes and they kept going in. Like if he were just committed to doing that, it'd be one thing. I, maybe the only hope is that like if LeBron's there, like he'll actually listen. But I don't want to take that risk. Like, yeah. the Lakers are not going to have much margin for error in a loaded Western Conference. And a couple games of Melo shooting pull-up 20-footers and clanking them off the rim, I don't – they can't afford to do that. So it's just a hard, hard pass for me. Hope If he works it, if he figures it out with another team, congrats. Right. But it, I don't – it's not going to be the Lakers. I don't want it to be the Lakers, and I don't think it will be. I'd take a I, if I if I had to bet money on the team he'd end up if if not the Lakers I'd probably say the Warriors just because he's gonna be looking to chase the ring Kevin Durant is no longer there Andre Dahl is no longer there um, they they picked up Glenn Robinson didn't they great pickup by them they and did somebody, I forgot he was in the league to be honest somebody allowed them to pick up both Kevon Looney and Willie Cauley Stein for like less than six million dollars which is infuriating yeah um but, i mean talking about players that hurt when they signed really <laughs> call sign was the other one because i've loved him even back to at kentucky and i thought the lakers could give him the room exception which i think he signed for less than that yeah cool. i think it was for slightly above the minimum like two million exactly um but if that means Quinn Cook's available and the Lakers can pick him up, because they rescinded uh, his rights today, so he's unrestricted. It's mm-hmm. all about the Lakers uh, swooping in on them, because the Warriors have two All-Star point guards in D'Angelo Russell and Steph Curry. Um, we won't we won't linger on that too long, but I would be genuinely surprised if D'Angelo Russell is still on the Warriors by the time uh, the trade deadline rolls around. Uh, I think he'll be through the season next yeah. summer. Next summer, yeah. Next summer is the latest I see him on the team, only because um, there's just there's no need. Uh, Listen, it'll be really fun watching him and Steph just go away. For yeah, <laughs> 70, 60 games until Clay comes back. They're gonna be like a six seed, but they're gonna lead the league in in scoring. I don't know how. I don't know how it's going to happen. Else. Well, because they'll have Steph and D'Lo in the backcourt <laughs> on the other end of the floor as well. And they might also lead the league in baskets allowed to the opposing backcourt. So we'll see what happens. But, um, Jacob, thank you so much for taking out of your time to talk basketball with me. Um, this has been our first episode back. Sorry if we were a little rusty. Um, but if you liked it anyway, you can go ahead on iTunes. Give us a nice five-star review if you think it's worth that. 
Um, and if all goes well, next time we talk to you, Kawhi Leonard will be a Laker. Until then, <laughs> yeah, what a thought. Uh, <laughs> until then, we will see you all next time.